Amen. Love to see families serving the Lord together. And uh, I'll let you remain seated tonight. Hopefully you grabbed a copy. Anybody need a copy of the outline tonight? Raise your hand. Anybody got in here needs a copy? So keep your hand up if you do. Brother Kenny, we got some more out there. And uh, so we want to make sure everybody has this. You can follow along there. And uh, here we are. Uh, again, I, I like, especially this time of year, I, I like to follow the scriptures. This morning, if you, if you were with us, we were uh, going through the passage, one of the passages dealing with Palm Sunday. And uh, if, you, if you read your Bible, what happened was Jesus went into the city of Jerusalem and, of course, uh, the, the public pronouncement that he was the Messiah. And then, of course, at the end of the day, Jesus retired from the city of Jerusalem. And, of course, one of his favorite places that he would like to go to would be Bethany. And he went back to the home, the little depiction here maybe. And, of course, uh, the Bible often talks about Mary was uh, always a lot of times found at the feet of Jesus. Uh, which I believe is a beautiful picture of one that would learn at the feet of Jesus. And, of course, you can see Martha back there. She's, uh, of course, um, much cumbered about. Uh, Martha's always serving. What a servant's heart. And, again, both of these ladies have some tremendous characteristics. But Jesus loved to be in the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And I, I, I think a lot of times, because he had a good relationship with this family, he could go there, and he wasn't constantly being uh, bombarded, and he could just get a little rest. You know, Jesus was God, but he was also man, and we need to understand that he was 100% God and 100% man. And so tonight, we, we are looking at what I entitled, The Church is Essential. And uh, you think, well, that's kind of an interesting topic for... Palm Sunday, but if you stop and think about it, we're living in a time, in a day where I believe that people are making nothing about the church. You know, what, what is all this business about the church? Some in our world today fail to see the importance of going to church, and the, they fail to see the importance of serving in a local church or engaging in fellowship with other believers in a local church. You know, it's sad when churches are lumped into the same categories as nail salons and movie theaters, and they've, they have become a nice-to-have, but no longer a necessity. That's the way many people view church today. Somebody said it this way, society has decided we cannot live without essentials like liquor stores, marijuana dispensaries, and golf courses, but we can live without physical church gatherings. It's a sad day we're living in. And I submit to you tonight that church is essential. And we look at this verse tonight, Matthew chapter 16, and I hope you're familiar with it, verse 18. And, of course, Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples. And a lot of times we like to hone in on Peter, only because Peter was the impetuous one Peter many times, he, you know, he needed to, he stuck his foot in his mouth many times. But nonetheless, uh, he did say and do some things that uh, pleased the Lord. But the Bible says, as Jesus said to Peter, I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my what? Church. And notice he says, in the gates of hell 
shall not prevail against it. Now, the devil's always trying. The devil loves to sow discord among the brethren. I'd say if you study the book of Acts, there's a cycle in the book of Acts, the church in the first century, where things are going good, people are being saved, and then all of a sudden the devil throws a wrench. And the work of God comes to a screeching halt, and then you see that the people get right, and God begins to work and move, and people start getting saved, and it's a cycle. We still see it to this day, that the devil's not happy when the church is being the church, doing what God has called us to do, but Jesus said to Peter and all the disciples, I will build my church, and I love the thought there that the church isn't built on Peter. The church is built on the rock, on the Lord Jesus Christ, and during I know the past two years, what many call the pandemic, there were many government leaders that declared that the house of God or places of worship were non-essential, not necessary. Now, I thank God for a governor in our state. Of course, many states are very jealous of our governor. Many have said that they wish that he would run for the highest office in our land, but I thank the Lord for a governor that included attending religious gatherings conducted in churches as essential services. It's sad also that many believers today and even leaders among Christians are devaluing what God values. It's sad when we're taking a step down as believers Somebody even was bold enough to make this statement. Every day, people are straying away from the church and going back to God. Well, if you're straying away from church, folks, you're not going to God. You're going away from God. People who say, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And I've had many say that. There is some truth in that. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Salvation, the Bible teaches, is through faith alone in Christ alone. Salvation. Why do we make so much out of going to church? Well, notice Hebrews 10 in your notes, verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but a exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Hey, listen, the Lord is very near. We have no idea, but I'll tell you what, I want the Lord to find us assembling ourselves together. I mean, it's pretty hard to exhort one another when you're not together with one another. A lot of people say, well, I can have church in my house, and I can have church in my backyard. Well, you're ignoring the clear teachings of the Word of God where it says, not forsaking the assembling together. I've had so many people who, have, who for various reasons, and again, I'm not discounting, have stayed away, and many of them have come back, but those that do come back, here's what they say, Pastor, it is just not the same. Sitting at home in my PJs, watching it on the TV, it is not the same. 
Well, that's, listen, God intended us to be together, to exhort one another, and so much the more. I need encouragement from God's people. I need encouragement from the Word of God. And listen, when we think about this matter of being essential, the church is essential, the very word essential means absolutely necessary. Here's another great word. Essential means indispensable. You know, you can do without a lot of things in life. But God says, listen, you need church. You need this in your life. But we're living in a time where many say, I I just don't understand the importance of church. Less church. Listen, I've seen people who walk away from church, and I've seen people who do less church or church light, as they call it. It doesn't make them a better Christian. Doesn't make them stronger in the Lord. And so so tonight, I just want to declare to you without apology and without hesitation and with much conviction, the church is essential. And I want to give you some thoughts tonight that hopefully will be a blessing to you. Notice, first of all, the church is essential because of our founder. Because of our founder, Jesus said, I will build my church. This is not. Pastor Keeley's church. This is not the deacon's church. This is not your church. It's the church of the living God. And he is the founder of this church. To say that church is non-essential is to say Jesus is non-essential. To say the church is non-essential is to say that his life's work on this earth as the Son of God as the sacrifice for all humanity, is non-essential. To say that, that the church that Jesus bled for and died for, that the Bible says he purchased with his own blood, is non-essential is to say that the crucifixion of Jesus Christ is non-essential. The Bible says, look in Acts 20 and verse 28, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock, over which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he, Jesus, hath purchased with his own blood. You see, the reason why I believe the church is essential is because of its founder, the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice, secondly, the church is essential because of our faith. Now listen, our faith is not in an object, our faith is in a person. Let me say that again. Our faith is not in an object, it's in a person. And that person is the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a lot of good songs out there, and I love the one, Jesus is the rock of my salvation. His banner over me is love. Another song is, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. The the songwriter said, uh, he says, uh, again, on Christ the solid rock, solid rock, I stand. All other ground. You don't want to be on that. You want to build your life on Jesus. Listen, understand, as Jesus was talking to his disciples, and again, Peter and the twelve were there, and notice John 6, 69, they said, we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, 
the Son of the living God. John Newton said, Faith upholds a Christian under all trials by assuring him that every painful dispensation is under the direction of his Lord. Just think about that. The storms of life, don't they come and go? But understand tonight that those storms, yes, they will test your foundation. But when your life is built on that rock, the rock that is Jesus, it's defined in Acts 4. Look at it. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. He is the stone, the rock of our faith. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Again, all other ground, it's sinking sand. Colossians 1.18, I love this. He is the head of the body, the church. Just think about that. When we're not assembling ourselves together as the church, then who's the head? Who's the body? Because the Bible says the body has many members. But when we're all by ourselves, we're not assembling ourselves, when we have this mindset that the church is not essential, it contradicts the very scriptures. Jesus is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Did you hear that tonight? Even in the church, which, by the way, is his church, which he purchased with his own blood, we want to make sure that he is first place in the church. So many times we get things out of order. People today say the church is not essential. But to say the church is non-essential is to say that our faith in Christ is non-essential. Colossians 2.6, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Did you hear that, Christian? So walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith. You see, the church is essential because of our founder. The church is essential because of our faith, the church is essential because of our focus. Listen, we cannot, we cannot get distracted in our lives as Christians. So easy with all the things that are pulling on us. I think about having the right focus, and we see it in Colossians 3, 2. Here it is. Set your affection where? On things above. Notice, and not on things on the earth. The things of this earth, listen, one day they're going to be gone. That which is above is eternal. Set your affection on things above. Where's your focus tonight? Well, as a church, 
or should I say as an essential church, understand tonight that our focus is threefold. Our focus, first of all, is evangelization. Evangelization. In other words, God has saved us and God wants to use us to see the world come to Him. God wants people to get saved. Aren't you glad you're saved? Listen, can I tell you that God saved you and He left you here for a reason? Ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And many times we do not see how essential it is for us to tell the world what somebody told us, how that the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Mark writes in 1615, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news to how many people? Every creature. To call the church non-essential, listen tonight, is to call the mission of the church non-essential. And what is our mission? To go into all the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our focus, it's evangelization. Our focus is edification. Listen, have you understood in your life, and if you haven't yet, just just go out into the world tomorrow. The world does not want to build you up. The world wants to tear you down. You see, the church exists to edify. Who else is going to build you up, uh, build up God's people if the church does not? And listen, the Lord knows that we will not, you and I will not find encouragement outside the church. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another as also ye do. So to call the church non-essential is what? It's to deny, as the scriptures say, that we are denying others the ability or the opportunity to be built up in the faith. We read earlier, Hebrews chapter 10 in verse 25, not forsaken the assembling of yourselves together. But the verse before that, the Bible says this, look at it. It says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and what? Good works. So the church exists to have a focus. It's essential that we have a focus on reaching the world, evangelization, that we have a focus on edification, building one another up in our most holy faith. And then notice also that our focus should be thirdly on education. I love the ministry of the church, the teaching wing of the church. Yeah, look, one of the responsibilities, even as a pastor, God has called me to preach and Paul told Timothy, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine, but understand that part of my responsibility, yes, is preaching the word, but it's also teaching the word. And understand tonight, we need God's word. We need to be taught the word of God. Who else is going to teach your children 
the fear of the Lord if the church doesn't teach it to us. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 4, look at it. Ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So important that we understand the educational arm of the church. And listen, I'm not saying that the church should replace or take the place of the home, but I really believe that a Christian home and the church ought to, ought to go together in the education of a child, that a child should hear the same thing at home that they're hearing at church, and they should hear the same thing at church that they're hearing at home. Oftentimes, there is such contradictions. I love this little quote somebody said years ago, Christian education doesn't cost, it pays. Just think about that. My wife and I, over the years, when we had children, and I get it, look, as parents, you have the prerogative to raise your children how you see fit, but the Bible says, train up a child in the way that he should go. There were times where we, uh, well, not we, she, uh, was homeschooling our children. We didn't have an opportunity to put them in a Christian environment, but there were times where we could put them in a Christian environment. But do you know that even, even in Christian schools, and this might blow your mind, there's sinners in Christian schools. There's sinners everywhere. And that's why it's important parents, and maybe even grandparents, to be involved in educating your children, educating your grandchildren. Again, the Bible says that if we train them in the way that they should go, children don't know which way they should go. They need to be pointed in a direction. They need to be instructed, listen, this is what you do. This is what is acceptable in the sight of God. I I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I'm thankful for the home that I had, and I'm thankful for what God did give me. One thing I did have growing up was I had a moral home. I'm glad it was not an immoral home or an amoral home. And morals are a good thing. But I'll tell you what every child needs is to understand what the way of the Lord is. What does God want for their lives? In the Bible, it says for all of us, Matthew 28, in what we call the Great Commission, teaching them to observe how many things? All things whatsoever I've commanded you. And then he says, I'll be with you always. Listen, we, we as the church, the church is essential. Because of our founder, it's essential because of our faith. It's, a, it's essential because of our focus. And to call the church non-essential is to rob young and old alike, of an education that is based on God's Word, and it's based on God's will. The church must take a stand, demanding that we have the right and we have the God-given obligation to teach people in the ways of God. And I want to say tonight also, notice fourthly, the church is essential because of our future. Some of us have been around the block a few times. Some of us have seen a lot of things happen in our life. If you're not careful, 
you want to just lock your doors and hunker down and hide. Thinking about all that's happened in your life and what's going to happen in the days ahead. Listen, the future is as bright as our God. The world today has classified the church of the living God as non-essential. What they don't know, listen, we know, what they don't know is long after the world is gone, the church is going to live on. Sammy Allen, a preacher, said, the church is going out of here like Superman and it's coming back like the Lone Ranger. Some of you don't even know who the Lone Ranger is. I can tell. See, long after the rest of the world and all these, what the world would call essential things, essential businesses are gone, the church is going to still carry on. You say, Pastor, where do you get that from? Well, there's many places. Let me give you one right here in 1 John chapter 2 in your notes. Look at this. And we know many of these verses. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But look at this. But he that doeth the will of God, what's those next couple words? Abideth forever. Abideth, listen, there's no end to the people of God. You see, they want to call church non-essential. I say to you tonight that the church is essential, and it will be the church of the living God, the saints, that will rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years. Don't tell me the church is not essential. Let's not forget who it is that established the church. Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And then he said, go ye therefore. He is our almighty God. Christ's authority trumps every worldly authority. And the moment that the worldly authority comes into direct contradiction with what God tells us to do, then you and I must forsake what this world is telling us to do. Now listen, I'm not preaching, giving you a license to do whatever you want. I did say that when the world is imposing things on us that contradicts the Word of God and our convictions that are based on the Word of God, then we need to make sure that we forsake it. Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. You see, I'm afraid today in 2022 the church has forgotten that. Oh, that's a thing of the past, Pastor. The reality is is that the church, listen, not the unsaved, the church has allowed the world to say that the church is non-essential. Did you hear me? We're allowing the world to say that the church is not important, that it's dispensable, that it's unnecessary, that it can be replaced. The church must remain obedient to Christ's authority over any other authority, the church is not an option that was given to us by God. Now, I, listen, I'm going to share something with you. I'm not, a, I'm not a, a whole advocate of this individual, but I do appreciate his stand on many things on the Word of God, and I appreciate uh, his stand in recent days, in the past couple years. You may be familiar with the name Pastor John MacArthur. And there were a lot of things going on during uh, the, the shutdown 
And of course, many governments, especially in the state of California, deeming that churches were not essential, that they should not be open, that places should not be able to worship freely. And I sure appreciate men of God taking a stand for what I believe is right. And John MacArthur came under fire for denying California Governor Newsom's order by continuing. He continued to host indoor church services. Can you just believe the gall to have church? That's what he did. Newsom's order, by continuing to host indoor church services, said this. These were, these were MacArthur's words. Christ is Lord of all. He is the one true head of the church. He is also King of kings, sovereign over every earthly authority. As his people, we are subject to his will and commands as revealed in the scriptures. Therefore, we cannot and will not acquiesce to a government-imposed moratorium on our weekly congregational worship or other regular corporate gatherings. Compliance would be disobedient to our Lord's clear commands. And I say hallelujah. You stop and think about it, folks. Our religious liberties, they are going to be continued. They're going to continue to try to strip away all of our religious liberties. That is the intent. That is what our government, did you hear me say, the government of our land is attempting to do. And listen, even though they continue to try to strip away our liberties as believers, it should never stop the spread of the gospel nor the meeting of the saints of God. Church is essential. But tonight, I want to remind you of a few reasons why the church was established in the first place. And how sadly we have acquiesced to the crowd saying that the church isn't important, that it is dispensable. I remind you what Jesus said to his disciples, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Again, I get it. Many political leaders have questioned whether church is essential or not. But the sad thing is you can't pin everything that's going on on the government. I think, as the Bible says, that if we're going to get right, it needs to begin at the house of God. And I think that, unfortunately, many Christians have allowed the church to become non-essential in their own personal lives. Christian families and individuals no longer want to be a part of the church for no other reason other than they no longer feel that it's absolutely necessary to go to church. Well, can I ask you then, what did Jesus die for? This mentality, people say, well, it's just a few isolated incidents here and there. No, no, no. It's becoming more and more common as the Lord tarries his coming. So what are some ways that Christians, not the government, are making church non-essential. Let me give some of these to you. Number one, some Christians are forfeiting what they need most in exchange for what they want now. Did you notice the buzzwords there? What they need most, they're forfeiting. 
for what they want now. Be careful what you want for. Remember what the children of Israel wanted? We want a king. And guess what God gave them? God gave them exactly what they wanted. Now, you think about this. I know a lot of times, and as you can tell by looking at me, sometimes it's a challenge. I, I try my, my best. Many years ago, I was convicted. When I first got saved, I'd go to meetings, and I'd go to church, and I'd see preachers get up and preach. And I'm going to tell you something. I was always, always bothered. And then God called me to preach, and I thought, Lord, all these preachers are so big for Jesus, they can't get their belly up to the pulpit. Gluttony is a sin. And I thought, I don't want to do that. So, I listen, I do try. I know I don't look like it. I do try. But, but listen, just like eating healthy, eating healthy isn't always fun, is it? And it's not easy at times. But listen, church isn't always fun, and church isn't always easy either. But church is still healthy to your soul, and it provides some essential ingredients to living an abundant Christian life. Whatever your church is doing, whatever your church is having, what you and I as believers need to do is we need to commit ourselves to stay involved in the church. But so many Christians today are forfeiting what they need the most for what they want now. Secondly, some Christians are allowing the good things in this world, notice the good things, in this world to replace the best things that God has for them. Sometimes I go to the I go to my toy store, Home Depot. And a lot of times I go in there and depending on what it is I'm gonna buy, I might go to the paint section. Sometimes I just go in there and wander around. You know, I'm just like a kid. And, 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 and I go in there, and I'll go to the paint section if I need something, or maybe sometimes I don't even need something. I'll just go to the paint section, and I'm walking around. And, and, and you walk over to the rollers, the paint rollers, and it says, good, better, and best. Now, I'm not going to make you tell me which one you get, because I know most of you Baptists, which one's the cheapest, Right? I see how you are. You know what God wants for you? He doesn't want good for you. He wants the best for you. Matter of fact, he sent the best to save you from your sins. But see, by the way we act, we literally are saying that church is not essential. It's it's non-essential because we allow those good things that are in this world, really the things that are very trivial, to replace the best things that God has for us most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, what keeps people from church is not bad things, it's not wicked things, it's not sinful things, more than likely it's good things that end up crowding out the best things. And some of those, listen to me, some of those good things are keeping Christians from the house of God. I didn't say bad things. I didn't say sinful things. I know I'm preaching to the choir because you're here. But understand that many times 
we say, oh, that's good. I'm going to tell you something. You can ask that lady sitting right over there. Nothing came between us and being in the house of God. Didn't matter what it was. But oftentimes, Christians don't, they're not at church for this or that. I'm not mad at anybody. I have nobody on my mind tonight. If you think I'm preaching to you, then, well, I'll move on. Somebody said this. Listen to this. While there are many opportunities in our world, rather than letting other things be your reason for missing church, let church be your reason for missing those other things. That's a good quote right there. Now listen, I'm not, I'm not against you. I'm for you. As a matter of fact, listen, you ought to be glad you have an under-shepherd that cares whether the sheep are there or not. You know, it kind of reminds me, of, I, was, I was a part of the Bible college uh, faculty and I enjoyed those times. And I was talking to somebody the other day because, you know, there's a big difference between a Bible college instructor and a university, a worldly university instructor. And here's the biggest reason, or the biggest difference is a, a university instructor, he doesn't care if his students show up or not. But a Bible college instructor cares about his students. If they're not there, he wants to know why they're not there. And oftentimes, here's what happens is, is that we end up missing the things that God has for us, the best things. My pastor used to always say, look, Dane, you need to be in church every time the church house is open because if you're not, you're going to miss what God had for you at that service. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I haven't missed church. You know, and my kids were on drugs the entire time they were children. We drug them to church Sunday morning. We drug them to church Sunday night. We drug them to church on Wednesday night. And you know what? All four of them are still in church. Didn't hurt them. You're going to scar those kids, making them go to church all the time like that. Hey, listen, it did something for them. They just happened to develop a relationship with God. It's kind of hard to know about God, know who He is, know what His will is for your life if you never spend time with Him in His house. You see, some Christians allow the good things to replace the best things. Number three, some Christians have allowed weekly church gatherings to become optional in their personal lives. Optional. You understand the word? Kind of sounds like dispensable you know again a lot of times people say well you know pastor I had a lot going on pastor I was just so busy I, I know I know that most people think a pastor sits behind his desk with his feet up reading the newspaper and he's only here two days out of the week but I'm going to tell you something, any time that you want to come up and hang out with the pastor, I would love it. I would love it. As a matter of fact, I'm probably going to mow the grass tomorrow. Tuesday, we've got a full day going on. I mean, listen, there are stuff going on all the time. Now, I get around some of these preachers, man, they talk about their golf game, they talk about this. Listen, there's nothing wrong with those things. Remember I said that not everything is bad, not everything's wicked? But understand, listen... There is so much work to be done for the Lord. And understand that you and I need to understand 
that, look, I get it, we live busy lives, but we oftentimes we don't quite have time for being in the house of God every time that the doors of the house are open. We typically oftentimes make time for that, which we deem to be important. It's always interesting how people can find time for this and find time for that, but they can't find time for God. It's awful quiet in here. You see, rather than saying, I'm too busy for church, why don't you just be honest with God and say, church is not my highest priority at times. Some churches and some Christians have allowed weekly gatherings just to become optional. Number four, some Christians are prioritizing their personal church preferences over God's mission for the church. Well, pastor, I think we ought to do this. We should try this. You know, we all have our own preferences, and I've heard many stories of people who stopped going to church, and maybe they stopped going because they didn't like the music, or maybe they didn't like the music director, or maybe they, uh, I've heard people use this many times, well, the church was just changing. They're going to have to have an excuse, but none of these excuses, whatever they are, are not good enough for people to stop attending the local church. What are you going to say someday when you're standing before God? I don't think any, I think your bucket's going to have holes in it. But all the times we've got all kinds of excuses. Church was never, listen to me tonight, Christian, church has never been about you getting what you wanted out of it. Did you hear me? It's not about you getting what you wanted out of it. Church is a place where we come and worship the Lord. Church is a place where we serve and we love and we sacrifice for others so that we, God's people, can accomplish God's mission for reaching this world with the gospel. And as long as the church is being the church, we should continue to be a part of it regardless of whether the church fulfills all of my personal preferences. You know, listen, folks, you're never going to find a perfect church. You're never going to find a perfect pastor. You're never going to find a place that lines up with all your own personal preferences. But some Christians, they prioritize their personal church preferences above God's mission. Folks, listen, we're not here to do what you want. We're not here to do what I want. We're here to do what God wants. Look at number five. Some Christians are becoming disappointed when church doesn't automatically fix their problems. Some people view church as kind of a lucky charm, you know. The church is going to fix my problem. You've heard the saying, Rome wasn't built. That's right. Sometimes it takes years for you to dig that hole that you're in. It takes years for you to, to, to do what you're doing with your marriage for you to be dealing or not dealing with whatever it is personally. And a lot of times, listen, don't get me wrong. I think that the church house is a place. I think God is the great physician. And I think that, listen, we need to come. And and, and listen, I'm not against, you know, there are many things out there that can help, but understand that God has the answers for every problem in life in his word. Be careful, Christian, about going to the world to try to get help. I'm not saying don't, 
But I am saying that what you're going to get is worldly counsel instead of counsel from God, from the Word of God. Attending church doesn't magically fix your life. It doesn't magically fix your problems. God's grace is what makes all the difference, and it'll help even more while we're living in a healthy community with other loving Christians for an extended period of time. Well, how do you do that? Not forsaking yourselves together. You know, exhorting one another so much the more. See, it's in that kind of environment that God has deemed that that He would change our values, that God would change our motivations, that God would change our habits, and ultimately He would change our behavior that that will eventually change the results that you see in your everyday, day-to-day life. See, oftentimes we want to find out what the world has. Listen, I'll give you an example. I'm not against it. I know it's been around for a long time. People that have an addiction, they might go to a place like Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm not saying it's a bad program. But you can ask those that have been involved in that program. Many go through that program and just fall right out after many, many years of sobriety. But I'll tell you what. You help somebody from the principles, from the Word of God. And you allow them to come to know Christ as their Savior. And they have the Holy Spirit of God living in them. I'm not saying that they're never going to sin again. If they weren't, God would have never put 1 John 1.9 in the Bible. But I'll tell you this, that when they do sin, they can go to God and get forgiveness of their sins. And they don't have to go back and ask for another coin. They're a child of God. You never cease to be a child of God. See, there is power in the Word of God. The Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Listen, I'm not, I'm not putting down institutions. And maybe you've gone, maybe you've been involved, maybe you know somebody that's involved. I'm just telling you, there is power in the Word of God and there is power in our God. But see, oftentimes, we don't understand how important, how essential church is. Number six, some Christians are allowing the hurt that they've experienced in church to keep them out of God's house completely. You know what church is? Church is not a building, is it? It's people. People hurt us sometimes. You know how you get over that? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Die daily. Well, you just don't understand what he did to me. No, I, I might understand, but maybe I maybe I don't. But I did read what they did to Jesus. And I did read how Jesus, hanging on the cross, said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I've been hurt. She's been hurt. Every trial God wants to use in your life. We wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the hurt. Paul's own testimony. Lord, take this thorn. After three times, he said, I will therefore most 
glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. But so many Christians, they hurt me. Do you know you're hurting yourself by staying out of the house of God? You're not hurting them back. You're hurting yourself. You're saying church is not essential. Church doesn't matter. So many people, well, I just, I'm never going to go back to church. Now, let me, let me just share with you an example, show you how ridiculous that is. You ever heard a story, a true story about a doctor, maybe on the news, or some doctor you know, that got caught with malpractice, you know, was doing something that was unethical, right? You know what I'm talking about? So does that mean you're never going to go to a doctor again? No, we'll go to the doctor. Because not all doctors are bad. But here we are, in much the same way, as long as there are people in the church, guess what? Sorry to bust your bubble, there is always the potential to get hurt. But that doesn't mean that you have to stop going to church altogether. I love each and every one of you. I love coming to church because I get to spend time with you. But if, listen, don't take this in the wrong way. If you don't show up, I'm still going to meet with God. Because that's why I come to church. Now, I enjoy time together with other Christians. But some, they say church is just not essential. I'm not going back. Look at number seven. Some Christians have begun to forget the value and importance of a faith community. It's easy to forget, isn't it, that church is important, that it's vital in our lives. We get distracted. Sometimes it's our own preferences. Things aren't being met as we think they should. But listen, a faith community it's important because it's vital to us humanly. It helps us to flourish. It, it's a significant part of our spiritual formation. I remember one time after I got saved, and in, 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 uh, I've tried not to do this to people, but I know I've done it a couple times, and I don't ever do it intentionally, but I remember the first time that my pastor called on me publicly to pray after I got saved. I think I swallowed my tongue. But listen, I'm going to tell you something. I learned valuable faith lessons, and I learned how to grow as a Christian being in the house of God because it was so important. It helped me in my formation as a Christian. And listen, if we are in the house of God and we see the essential need of being in church, we will survive the storms of life as we stay connected to one another through church attendance. Look, I understand, as somebody said, you don't have to attend church to be a Christian. But the truth is, you don't have to go home to be married either. But it does help your relationship with your spouse if you do go home. And can I just say to you tonight that being in church, your relationship with God is going to get healthier when you consistently 
assemble yourselves together with other believers. You see the very word church, ecclesia, it's a called out assembly. You can't be a church, an island of your own. God says, I will build my... Do you want to be a part of the church? I hope you do. Let's bow our heads tonight. I hope you understand tonight that although some things may have been difficult to hear, I meant it out of a heart of love. Sometimes when I would sit in church services and I'd hear messages like this, sometimes I'd, it, would, it would kind of be like a cat rubbing the hair the wrong way. But can I just say to you that if this message didn't bother you, then I would say in your heart, you're probably someone that sees church as essential. And if something in this message tonight maybe rubbed you the wrong way, then I would say probably there's something somewhere. And here's what you ought to do. Instead of getting mad, and you can come to me. I'll talk with you, pray with you. But I think you need to go to God. Ask the Lord to help you. Make sure that your heart is a heart that says church is important. It's essential. And no matter what this world says, church is going to be important in my life. Let's stand to our feet tonight. The piano is already playing. If you want to come tonight, maybe spend a little time with the Lord, why don't you come? There's no pressure. Don't come because other people are coming. I tell you, we ought to love the church because Jesus loved the church. He loved it so much that he gave his life. He purchased it with his blood. Would you come? Brother Kenny, why don't you lead us in a song? Do you know the song? Sing along with him. All to him I freely give. I will ever love. Since daily live, I surrender all. I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all, all to Jesus I surrender. Forsaken, take me, Jesus, take me.
Lord, thank you for this evening. I pray that you'd help us. Help us, Lord, to make what you value of value to us. Thank you for our church. What a sweet group of folks. I pray that you would just keep your arms around them. Lord, help them when they struggle. We know that you can and that you will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.